Hey guys, this is Rocky, and you're listening to the God Loves Miami podcast. I want to welcome you to today's episode, and I also want to encourage you to follow us on social media at God Loves Miami on Instagram and Facebook so that you can find out all that we are about and what God is calling us to do in our city. And now here's Pastor Mark. It's going to be a great Memorial Day weekend. We want to honor anyone who served um, in the military. I know we got Andy here in the front. We got Pablo. Anyone else that served in the military? We got Rodney. And uh, so we just want to thank you guys and let's be thankful uh, for the amazing country that we live in and the freedoms that we have. Um, the school year is almost over. All the students and parents, I'm so excited because I get to sleep an extra hour. Isn't that awesome? Right? Um, next year, I will officially be the parent of two boys in middle school. Lord, have mercy. So please pray for me. Um, Stella's going to third grade. Caleb is going to seventh. And Josh is going through to sixth grade. Um, kids are a blessing. Can I get an amen? Aren't kids a blessing? Yeah, and sometimes only one mom thinks her child is a blessing. Uh, sometimes it doesn't matter how hard you try, though, right? It just seems like they're slipping through your fingers. Um, I remember meeting a lot of the kids that are now here, kids that are going to join the she-teen group. And I remember when they were just babies. I remember when Kaylee was born. Um, there's this funny thing, and she'll probably hate me after this, but we went to the beach once with Kaylee, and we bought her this bathing suit. And we couldn't get her out of the bathing suit. And we had to cut her out like the jaws of life of the bathing suit. She was such a chubby little beautiful baby. And now she's a beautiful young lady. Um, you know, I don't know if it pains me more to see Stella grow up. The other day Facebook reminded me of Stella. I brought the picture. Stella, when she was two years old, look at her how beautiful. She's standing in front of the mirror wearing Leilani's heels. And she's making the cutest face. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where have those years gone? It's so cute when you see a little girl trying to be like her mom, pretending to be someone that she isn't. It's cute. And we all do the same thing, but hopefully we're not all pretending to be our moms and her heels. But you know, a lot of times we, we pretend to be God. And today James is going to show us the way that we play God many times in our lives and many times is by judging people. You know that any time that you judge someone, you're actually playing God? Because only God is responsible to judge other people. James tells us, we're going through this series, where we're going through the book of James, where we're learning to be better Christians, better followers of God. In James chapter 4, verse 11, it says, Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. There's only one lawgiver, one judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who, who are you to judge your neighbor? I mean, like, this is some pretty intense, pretty direct words from James through the Holy Spirit. And I want us to look at today why we judge other people why we shouldn't judge other people, and how do we break this bad habit that all of us have of judging people. You see, all of us, we're going to be, be a lot happier if we learn to live this way. And our friends and our family are going to be a lot happier if we stop judging them. 
Romans 2, 3 says this, So when you, a mere man, passes judgment on them and yet do the same thing, do you think you will escape God's judgment? James is telling us here, if you're going around judging people when you make a mistake, when you sin, when you, when you fall, do you think you're going to escape God's judgment? Paul says that the, one of the reasons that we tend to judge other people, it's to excuse our own faults. And so we see someone else make a mistake and we judge them and we're trying to hide the things that we're doing. So we judge others because it excuses our faults. You think that pointing your finger at someone else, that God is going to forget what you've done? See, or when you point at how bad someone else has fallen, you know what happens? Someone makes a big mistake and we're like, oh my God, look what they did. We think that it's going to make us look better. My kids do this all the time when I catch them doing something wrong. Oh, but my brother did it too. Or my sister did it. And, and when they did it, you know, they ate 10 cookies and I only ate nine. You know, we do that all the time. We pass judgment because we want to get off the hook. And so we see someone else make a mistake and we point the finger at them because then it almost like gets in the way of our mistake and our shame. We love to accuse others and excuse ourselves. And how do we do that? How do we excuse our sins? A lot of times it's by relabeling. We say stuff like, I'm not a gossip. I'm just sharing a concern. I'm not lazy. I'm just mellow, right? I hate when people say that. I'm not negative. I'm realistic. Have you ever heard someone say that? I'm not negative. I'm just being realistic. I'm not unreliable. I'm just flexible. I'm laid back. I'm not critical. I'm just discerning. See, we all do that. There's another reason why that he says that we tend to judge other people. We, ju- uh, we judge others because it appeals to our pride. We accuse other people because it makes us feel good when we point out the mistakes of other people. Proverbs 26, 22 says that gossip is so tasty. We love to swallow it. Seriously, when someone texts you, I'm coming to your house, I got the best chief man, I got the best gossip, we're like, oh my gosh, when are you going to get here, right? And someone tells us something about someone else, and we're like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. We eat it con una gana. We're like, yeah, you know, it's just it's so good. Why is that? When somebody's gossiping, we're usually all ears. We just can't wait to hear what's being said. Why? See, there's this natural, innate ability that we have to gossip, to slander, to cap, that captures our curiosity. And you know what? This is sin. It is a sin to do this. It is a sin to judge other people. And I don't stand here as someone who's figured it all out. I stand here as someone who has to catch himself all the time like, oh my God, yeah, tell me. No, no, don't tell me. You know? You see... It's a self-righteous attitude putting other people down, being critical, being judgmental. Jesus actually condemned this more than any other sin. The Bible talks about it, and you can find it universally that everyone has this problem. It comes naturally to us. When I teach evangelism, when I teach people about how all of us can share the gospel, I actually talk about gossip, right? Because we were created by God to spread good news, which is the gospel. And that's why it's so easy for us when we hear one good achievement. We can't wait to tell someone else. It's like this thing inside of us that we just want to tell someone about it. Do you know that God put that desire in you to talk about him, not to talk about your neighbor or your friend or your brother or your sister? Yet we do it all of the time. See, there's slander in the first degree, okay? There's different types of slander. Slander in the first degree is like, do you know what that guy is doing? 
we share it as a statement of judgment on them. Christians, though, we, we like slander in like the second degree. All right, have you ever heard anyone say, I'm sharing this with you so you can pray about it with me? See, if you're not careful, a prayer chain can turn into like the biggest like gossip circle ever. Oh my gosh, we got to pray for this girl. Wait till I tell you what she did. All right, we got to pray about this couple. Wait till I tell you what the man did to her. And it's like, eso chisme, right? That is gossip. When we hear about how people have fallen, there's just something inside of us. There's just a little bit of pride. And we're like, that goes to show you. You thought you were so good. You thought you were so strong. The Bible teaches us that often we tend to judge other people because we think that it puts us in a better position. But whenever you point the finger at someone, I remember my teacher telling me this when I was in elementary school. Whenever you point your, your finger at someone, you're pointing one finger at them, three back at you, and your thumb is pointing to God. Right? And I remember when she told me that, I mean, the three back at me, and when she said your thumb's pointing to God, I started to learn how to point like this, right? I tried to correct it. <laughs> the Bible says that we reap what we sow. That is a principle that cannot be broken. And so if we live a life where we're talking about people all the time and we're involved in gossip and slander, that's what we're going to reap. People are going to begin to do that about us. Suppose there's a person that's $20 million in debt. And you're only $10 million in debt. So just because they're $20 million in debt, you're like, man, I don't have any problems in my life. Sometimes we talk about people's problems because wait till you hear the problems that they have. We tend to gravitate towards people that have like the same problems that we have, but we want to find someone that has it just a little bit more. And then we talk about them and then we just, we feel better. You know why we shouldn't judge people? It's because it's unchristian. It's that simple. We should not judge people because it is not like Jesus. That's what the word Christian means. Actually, the word Christian, the term Christian was like a derogatory term that they would call the followers of Jesus. They'd call him a Christian. And now we take that with pride and we call ourselves Christians. It's on our profile, on social media. We fill it out in job applications and hospital applications. And yet so many times it's so difficult to live up to that. It is unchristian to talk about people and slander them. Verse 11, it says, Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law. It actually says you judge him, you judge her. And why does it say brother? It says brother three times. It's because we're all part of the same family. And so when we speak against one of our brothers, we're speaking against someone that is in our family. See, when we see Jesus, we see another Christian fall. It, it makes Jesus sad. You know, one of the things that I love telling people when they're doing a good thing, when they're serving God, you know, when they're showing up here. So many people showed up here today to, to serve early in the morning, to kind of fill in for someone that's taking a well-deserved vacation or whatever it may be. I mean, I think, man, God must be smiling down at us today. We put a smile on God's face. But so many times we put, I would say, a sad face on God. And God's looking at the way that we live our lives sometimes and he knows that we love him, but, but he gets sad. All right, it says, notice, brothers, do not slander. The word slander and the word devil in the original language in the Greek, which is what the New Testament was written in, it's the same word. Devil and slander, same exact word. And so it means when we're slandering someone, when we're talking bad about someone, we're doing the work of the devil. The Bible calls Satan the accuser of the Christians. He is the slanderer of the Christians. He wants to tear us down. And it's so sad that so many times he uses us. 
to tear our own brothers and sisters down. See, we're most like the devil, most like the enemy when we slander, when we speak against somebody else. It says, including all kinds of criticism, malignant, judgment, we're doing the devil's work. John 8.44 says that the devil is the father of lies. So think about that. First of all, if someone's lying about you and saying things that are untrue about you, know that that's not coming from anyone else than the devil. Do not receive it. This is not part of my life. Okay, because sometimes, yeah, we, we got to check ourselves that we're not the ones saying it. But, but, but the truth is a lot of times people say bad things about us. And just remind yourself as a Christian, that's not coming from anywhere good. That's coming from the devil. I do not receive it. It is not who I am. I am who God called me to be. I am not what people say about me. The second reason why it's not good to slander and talk about people, it's, it's unloving. We shouldn't judge others because it is unloving. Who judges speaks against the law. The person who judges is breaking the law. It's illegal. It is illegal to talk about your brother and your sister, about someone else. That's what James is telling us here in this passage. And yeah, it may not be illegal. You may not go to jail for for saying something that's untrue. I mean, if you publish it in a paper, it is called slander. There's a couple of lawyers in the room that will probably, yeah, it is illegal. Uh, But he's talking about the royal law. James talks about the royal law several times in the book of James. Whenever I judge you, I am breaking that law, that law. In James chapter 2, verse 8, it says, If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, you wouldn't be walking around town saying a bunch of bad stuff about yourself. Sometimes you walk around town saying things that aren't true about yourself, but to make you look better. And so the same way that we shouldn't tear We wouldn't tear ourselves down and talk bad about ourselves. We shouldn't do it with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We excuse ourselves and we say, hey, you know, sometimes we we say something mean about someone. Say, Those are just words. Haven't you ever heard that? Man, we've said that. I didn't mean that. That was just words. Man, words hurt so much more than like a punch in the face or like someone shoving you. Because you'll forget about how much it hurt, but you'll never forget the words that someone says to you. And I want you to know if you've been hurt by words that someone has told you, first of all, I already told you that's a lie and it comes from the devil. But God is ready today to heal you from that. You don't need to carry those words with you anymore. And I know it's hard to forget. And I know sometimes we carry words that, that people that we loved once said to us, words that, that a husband, a wife, a brother, a sister, a teacher, a friend, a stranger, even the words of a stranger can hurt us. I want you to know today God can set you free from that and you can begin to live the life that God called you to live. And so it's unchristian, it's unloving, and the third thing, it's unjustified. There's only one lawgiver, there's only one judge. The word lawgiver is actually used six times in the Old Testament, right? And every single time it's talking about God and this time it's talking about Him as well. The only one that is worthy to judge us is God. Not no man, not your boss, not anyone else. It's God. And so I want you to know that because when you hear someone trying to judge you, so we got to check ourselves. We shouldn't judge people. We shouldn't hurt people with our words. But when people are doing it to us, this person's not worthy to tell me those things. They're not worthy. The only one that's worthy to judge me is God. And what we'll learn is that through Jesus, our defender, 
He sees us through Jesus. He sees us through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and all of our sin and all of our shame. If we give them to him, God sees us beautiful, holy, and clean. And so sometimes, amen, sometimes our shame, sometimes the things that people have told us, the lies that we have believed, keep us from God because we think like, there's no way that God will want to hear me. There's no way that God can use me. There's no way that I can ever like, you know, serve at church or, or do anything worthwhile for God because I'm this and I'm that. And they've always told me that I'm this and that I'm that. You know what? You are a child of God. God loves you. And those things that you have been told are lies. And the person that told you is not worthy to speak into your life. Do you believe that? Amen. Amen. Only God has the right to judge me. I want you to say that with me. Say, only God has the right to judge me. Amen. One of the greatest weaknesses in people is that we tend to generalize people just by one mistake. Right? Someone makes a mistake And we're like, oh, he's lazy. Oh, he's a fool. Maybe he's not a fool. He made a foolish mistake, but he's not a fool. Maybe you made a foolish mistake, but you're not a fool. See, if a a guy makes like, you know, oh my gosh, this guy, like, he crashed. He's a terrible driver. Don't get in a car with him. We do that. I do that. I remember when I was in first grade, there was this kid that pooped in his pants. And you know what we called him for the rest of the year? Pestacaca. The whole year. And he only smelled like caca that day, right? And we called him. We told him that he smelled like caca every single day. The poor kid. I wish I could see him. I don't even remember what he looks like. But I remember the words that we said to him. We tend to judge people by things that we dislike in ourselves. Maybe I was the one that had peta caca, and I was telling everyone that he's the one, right? How do we break the habit of judging people? Because it is a problem. I have the problem. All of us have the problem. How do we break this? It's by remembering that I will be judged by the same standards that I use to judge other people. This just isn't like a phrase that I came up with. This is straight out of the Bible. Matthew 7, 1 says this, Do not judge others so that God will not judge you, for God will judge you in the same way that you judge others. And he will apply to you the same rules that you apply to others. That's serious stuff, guys. God is going to judge us by the same measure that we judge other people. If we're impatient, if we're ungrateful, think about those things. If we're mean to people, this verse has helped me a lot as a father. I used to get really mad at things my kids would do sometimes. For example, my son Joshua for Christmas wanted one of my old cell phones. And he was driving me nuts. And you know how kids would get, hey, Bobby, come on, come on. I'm like, your phone's fine. No, I want yours. I want yours. Can I have yours? And I'm like, so for Christmas, you want my old cell phone? Yeah. I'm like, all right, that, that's a pretty good deal. You know, I didn't have to spend money on him. Leilani still bought him a couple shirts and stuff. And so I gave him my old cell phone. And in less than 30 days, he destroyed a phone like I have never seen a phone destroyed in my life. I mean, it was so bad that his teacher texted me and said, hey, Joshua's phone broke. And, you know, he thinks that you're going to like... I'm, th- I'm like thinking like, oh my God, this teacher must think like I'm some like abusive parent or something. And, and I was mad. I was mad for like the six hours until he got out of school. And I'm like, man, this kid and, you know, he should have been more careful. And I bet you he just took the phone out of the case. And I told him like to take the phone out of the case. And it's like if God spoke to me, like an audible voice in my head that said, how many phones have you broken? How many phones have you lost? 
How many times have you lost things? I mean, I talk, I mean, the good thing about me losing stuff all the time is it's great material to tell you guys, right? And I'm like, man, I mean, I, I remember I broke like three phones in like one day. It's not an exaggeration. It is true. And then when he came home crying and, and I'm like, hey, don't worry about it. You're not going to have a phone for a while, but it's okay. It's a mistake. And like, it was probably one of the best times I've ever like chastised my kids before, you know, because God reminded me of Matthew 7, 1 and 2. Think about that. Next time someone messes up, say, man, how many times have I messed up and God's forgiven me? Remember that the same way that you measure, because here's one thing that I know. My wife is like the scribes of the Bible, right? And it's a great gift. If I would have like blasted him, I was within my right. He was irresponsible, blah, blah, blah. But then I know next time in a week or two when I lose my phone or break my phone, it's going to be like, look, you broke your phone. Look, you broke. And it's like God reminded me of that too. It was kind of audible too in my head. It's like, you know, Leilani is watching. I'm watching, but so is Leilani, Right? The way that we judge others, by the same measure that we give out, we're going to get back. If you want God to bless you, be a blessing to other people. What you dish out is what you're going to get back. The second thing is remember that each of us is accountable to God. We must remember that. I think we forget that sometimes, that we are accountable to God. Each and every one of us, we have to give an account of ourselves to God. So let's stop judging other people and let's try to work on me, work on you. How can I be better? But we're so busy looking at other people. I love when Jesus says, hey, you know, stop worrying about the speck in your brother's eye when you got a plank in your eye. Like this is like a Jewish joke. I'm sure everyone laughed when he said that. It's super exaggerating, but it's true. So many times we're pointing a finger at other people we got to remember that each of us individually are accountable to God. How is God going to judge? You know what? God's going to be honest. God's going to be fair. He's going to be truthful. It won't be based on rumors, those lies that people have said about us. He doesn't care about that stuff. And like I told you earlier, we are washed with the blood of Jesus. We are forgiven if we receive and accept his forgiveness. The third thing is that we must remember how God has been merciful to me. I must remember how merciful God has been to me. And the reason why is in James chapter 2, verse 13, it says that mercy triumphs over judgment. And so next time you feel like judged by the world, by people, by yourself, by your memories, by your mistake, remember that mercy triumphs. Mercy wins over judgment. God is merciful and so think about that. Man, I, I messed up. And, and how am I going to undo the, the mistakes that I've made in my life? The judgment that I feel. Because sometimes we can be our worst critics sometimes. We made some mistake. We goofed up. Years have gone by. And we, we're dragging this mistake with us unnecessarily. Remember that mercy wins over that judgment that's weighing you down, over those words that you keep echoing and hearing in your head like you're not good enough. Look what you did. You're never going to get those years back. God makes all things new. Your mistakes, your past, He makes all things. And that's what I love about God. Mercy triumphs over judgment. That is a fact. It's black and white. It's not like sometimes. It's always and God makes all things new. It's not some things, it's all things. So whatever it is, it's weighing you down. 
Whatever mistakes that you've made, God is ready to make them new today. Let us, let us remember that God is merciful. Let us be merciful. You know what happens when we become merciful? In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. We will be blessed by God. You, want to, you wonder why sometimes you're not blessed? Maybe we're not merciful enough. Maybe we're not showing mercy to people. We're, we're being, so no, you, you did this and you get that and that's the punishment and that's it and there's no mercy. Begin to show mercy and you will be blessed. Matthew 18, it tells a story about this guy that owed $50,000 to his master. And he showed up to his master and, and he cried and, and the master forgave him of his debt. $50,000. And then the same guy goes out into the street and strangles a man because the guy owed him five bucks. And so the master shows this incredible amount of mercy and this guy that had been forgiven $50,000 couldn't forgive someone of five bucks. And that's how we live our lives. We've been forgiven of so much. And yet when it's our opportunity to tell our son, hey, bro, I, I get it. It was a dumb mistake, but it's okay. We just like, where it's our opportunity to, to pass judgment. Maybe you're a boss and there's someone that's driving you nuts at work and you're just waiting for them to make that one mistake. And you're like, boom, I got you. You know, it's like a mosquito and a fly swatter or a fly and a fly swatter. Right? No mercy. That's why we have to be patient because God is patient with us. God is patient. I'm, I'm so glad that God is patient with me because I need his patience. I need his grace. I need his mercy. But we're so ungrateful sometimes. We take God for granted. I catch myself taking God's mercy and God's favor for granted so many times. It's like a boss who gives like a $500 Christmas bonus. And everybody's like, whoa, man, he's so good. 500 bucks for Christmas. You know, I'm going to be able to get my kids what, what they were asking for. Following year comes around and, 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 and he gives you 500 bucks again and you're like, oh my gosh, I love my boss. He's so awesome. He gave us 500 bucks last year, 500 bucks this year. It's Christmas season again and, and now you're spending the 500 bucks because you're just expecting that he's going to give you the 500 bucks because he did it the two years before and Christmas comes, you get your Christmas check and there's no bonus. I hate my boss. He's so, he's terrible. The same guy that was so merciful and so generous two years before, now you hate him. We forget sometimes. And sometimes in life, we don't get what we want. But here's what I know, that God knows what's best for me. And God knows what's best for you. And sometimes you pray and you ask God to bless you. You ask God for specific things and they don't happen. And you're like, God, like... I, you don't love me. I don't know why this is happening in my life over and over again. And we forget when he healed us. We forget when our kids were born and we were so grateful that we have healthy kids. We're so grateful for, for so many things that he's done for us. But that one thing he doesn't do and we're like, forget it. I'm not going to church anymore. I'm not going to be involved. I don't care because of this one thing. And we're carrying this burden with us. We become, we have this conditional faith with God. See, I believe today we need to stop hurting people. And the second thing, and with this I close, is that we need to offer our hurts to God. Words can be so hurtful. So I'm going to invite you to pray. I'm going to invite the band to come up. I'm going to ask you to stand up. And we're going to pray that God would heal our tongues and our minds 
And that we would begin to be people that, that speak life and speak love and speak hope. People that are merciful so that we can be blessed. I want to be blessed. And so God's telling me, step number one, show mercy and you will be blessed. Forgive and you will be forgiven also. See, one of the toughest things that, that we carry around with us is this unforgiveness of people that have wronged us. And that person that's wronged you, they're going about their life. They're living. They're at the beach. You're not even on their mind. And you wake up every single day with, with them in your mind. And every time you're having fun and you're having a good time and you're sitting down, you're looking at your family, you remember that thing. You remember that person. And it robs you of the joy that's before you in that moment. And so today, as we pray at the end of the service, I'm going to invite you to just surrender those hurts to God. Because here's a fact. Hurt people hurt people. And the only way that we can stop hurting people is if we give up the hurts that we have. And then we also got to remember that the person that hurt us is someone that was hurt too. And so it's a lie. It comes from the devil. Step number one, if someone lies to you, someone speaks something negative, it's not from them. It's not from God. It's from Satan and he's trying to rob you of joy and happiness in your life. And the second thing, it's not true. Give it up. Give it to God so that you can begin to live the life that you were called to live. And so I'm going to invite Johnny to sing. And if you're here today and that's you, say, you know what? I got to surrender this to God. I got to give him my life. Maybe you want to rededicate your life. Or maybe it's this pain that you've been carrying with you for years. It goes back to when you were a kid, things that happened with your parents. Whatever it is, I don't know. But I've heard so many stories. I've talked to so many beautiful people that are carrying burdens that they do not need to carry. Jesus came to carry our burdens. He said, give me your burdens. Give me everything that you're carrying. It's not yours. Surrender it to me. And I will give you rest. Your mind needs rest. Your life needs rest. You deserve to live an incredible life and you cannot live it if you're carrying anger and hurt and words that have scarred you. And so I'm going to pray, and if you're here, I'm just going to invite you to come up. And it's an amazing symbolism. Yesterday I went with my kids, we cleaned out our garage, and we took two trips to the dump of a bunch of junk that was just getting in the way of us enjoying the things in our garage. Right? We couldn't enjoy our garage because it was full of junk. Some of you can't enjoy life because it's full of junk. And so the same way that me and the boys and my brother-in-law Rory and Leilani threw away so much junk yesterday... Let's create a moment in our life where we come before the altar of God and surrender our junk to God so that we could begin to enjoy the things in our life. Amen? And so, amen, amen, yes. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, if this podcast has ministered to you and you would like to help us continue reaching people that need to be inspired by the word of God, please consider making a donation at GodLovesMiami.com. That's GodLovesMiami.com. And we'll see you next time on the God Loves Miami podcast.